It's the one where I admit I was wrong about Yankees outfielder Jason Dominguez. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we've got updates on some of the top prospects in this show. We're talking about the debuts of Mark Vientos and Josh Young. We're talking about the Dodgers prospects and what they do going into next season from a roster standpoint. But first... We got to talk about Jason Dominguez. Uh, Many times on this show, he has come up for me, whether it was trade shows, it was crossovers with our friends at Locked On Yankees, and I expressed doubt that Jason Dominguez was going to turn into uh, a plus big leaguer, above average big leaguer, and I think part of it is, if you remember the comparisons when Jason Dominguez signed for $5.1 million as an international free agent. A lot of the conversations, a lot of the comps were, and I'm not joking when I say Bo Jackson, Mickey Mantle, like these were the names being thrown out for what Jason Dominguez was going to be. And he didn't immediately look like he was going to live up to that hype. And so I think maybe I was a little too quick to write him off completely Uh, Those comparisons were never fair to him and were probably never realistic, but he looks like he could be uh, a five-tool switch-hitting all-star. So, last week, he was the South Atlantic League Player of the Week. He's in high A right now with Hudson Valley. They had six games against the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Uh, He went 400 500 950s, the slash line. That's eight for 20. Five runs, one triple, three home runs. Um, Two of those were on September 10th. He hit one from each side of the plate in that game. Six RBIs, four walks to four strikeouts. Like I said, South Atlantic League Player of the Week. And part of the reason I was so down on him was what his... 2021 looked like, and then his early year in low A Tampa. He was with the Tampa Tarpons, spent about 75 games there this year. 265, 373, 440 was the slash line. Nine home runs, 28 extra base hits, 89 strikeouts to 46 walks. So about a 27% strikeout rate. And 46 walks for a a 19-year-old is very good. Uh, in affiliated baseball, but I was looking at some, like I was losing sight of the forest for the trees. I was looking at some of the, uh, some of the specific things, you know, the high strikeout rate, the low power rate compared to where we all thought he was going to be. Uh, he got promoted to high A Hudson Valley. And in the 40 games in high A Hudson Valley, here is what he has done. 306, 397, 510. So he raised his batting average 40 points, raises on base about 25, raises slugging about 70. Six home runs, again in 40 games, 16 extra base hits, 34 strikeouts to 23 walks. Uh, so about an 18% strikeout rate. You know, significantly cut 
a lot of this stuff. And 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 so um I I think when you look at Jason Dominguez, you have to acknowledge a few things that maybe I didn't do the first time. One, again, very young. He turned 19 in 2022. So uh very young for what he's trying to do. Um his defense when he got to high A Hudson Valley, his defense improved. He's a guy that was incredibly fast. He put on some weight. He got, you know, very large muscular-wise. And the speed backed up a bit. He's worked on improving the defense despite some of that. I think he could stick in center, but he may end up being better as like a right fielder or something. Um, He got significantly better as a right-hand hitter. So switch hitter, obviously. Last year, he was batting under 200 as a righty. It was, I mean, he was... He was very much struggling from the right-hand side. Whereas, you know, you look at it this year, he has, he has significantly improved. Um, as a right-hand batter, he's now batting 245, 339, 443 this year. So significantly better. Uh, and, you know, and still not where he is as a left-handed batter. He still bats, he bats 290 as a lefty. But, Doing better as a righty and and showing appropriate levels of of power and of contact ability as a righty. Um, his his reads and reactions in center field are improved. The routes are a work in progress, but he's much better at reading the bat off the ball or reading the ball off the bat now than he was when he originally debuted. Arm is plus, so that helps. The routes, like I said, work in progress. He's getting better with that. The speed, because he understands a little more about um, how the game is played in professional baseball versus not amateur baseball in the, the academies, but glorified amateur baseball, you know, against higher level players. So the speed's starting to show. He's starting to be able to steal a little better. Um, you know, the last, what is it? He stole 36 bases this year. And then the big thing, I've seen a couple of different quotes about this, is the, is the maturity. Last year when he slumped, when he struggled, uh, and he admitted, this is, a, this is from him, I don't have the exact quote that, that he gave the New York beat, but it was something along the lines of like he, he, was, he was making excuses, and this year he's learned how to work out of a slump versus getting down and making excuses. So I don't know if he's ever going to live up to the amazing heights of where we had him when we were talking about, again, the cops to Mickey Mantle and Bo Jackson. But I do think if he continues to show the improvement, you're looking at a potential five-tool center fielder who's going to compete for all-star games. Worth the investment? Worth the $5 million that you paid for him as an international free agent? And... I think ultimately, even though I said maybe he should be one of the trade options at the deadline, I think the Yankees are going to be happy that they kept him. In just a minute, I've got some info and I want to discuss some recent call-ups. We've got Mark Vientos uh, for the Mets and Josh Young for the Rangers. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Chew. Summer's winding down, the nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right, this episode's sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. It's especially true in the bedroom, especially 
when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. So you can either plan ahead or be ready when an opportunity arises. Simple process. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no awkward eye contact with the uh, with the pharmacy tech at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. So listen, if you want to unlock your power tool, if you want to be able to knock it out to all fields versus you know, weak grounders up the middle. Call our friends at Blue Chew. With Blue Chew, folks are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code locked on to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. Okay, couple call ups uh, just recently. One of them, Mark Vientos for the Mets, one of them, Josh Young for the Rangers. So let's go with let's go with Mark Vientos first. Um, one game. 0 for 5, two strikeouts. One of his one of his fly ball outs was a deep fly ball to center field. Uh, would have gone out in some of these parks. But 2017 second rounder out of high school, 6'4, 185, and has absolutely destroyed in AAA this year. 280, 358, 519, 24 home runs, uh, 44 walks to 122 strikeouts. So a um, couple things here on offense. One. Strikeouts are a bit of a concern. Strikeout rates north of 30%. His walk rate is north of 10%. So there's there's some give and take there, but strikeout rate's kind of high. Um, his actual swing, it's a very long swing. Has some violence to it when it connects with a ball. That I mean, the, putting a lot of exit velo on a ball, but um, kind of a long swing. Doesn't have a lot of working parts, so he can get into it quickly. Um, like I said, great exit velo to all fields. He's not just a gap guy. He can hit it, you know, foul pole to foul pole. Uh, but because the swing is so long, you've got a couple holes here, right? Uh, breaking balls down and away can give him a little bit of trouble. Uh, something we see quite often. The comp I always bring up on something like that is an Austin Riley. Austin Riley came up, took the lead by storm. And then they realized, Hey, you throw a slider away, down and away. He's, you know, he's not, he's either going to um, chase it or he's going to swing and miss when, you know, if it is in the zone. So uh, not necessarily out of the ordinary. And then velocity inside seems to get him because the swing's so long, you can get him in on the hands. Uh, but the thing here offensively is he absolutely crushes lefties. So at the trade deadline, and we talked about this on the show, you saw the Mets go out and get Daniel Vogelback and Darren Ruff. And the idea was Vogelback's your DH against righties. Ruff was your DH against lefties. Vogelback has uh, lived up to his part of the deal for the most part. Ruff has not. He struggled quite a bit. And you gave up some decent capital to get Darren Ruff. 
Uh, so they've now turned to Mark Vientos to be that guy to come in and face lefties. And the thing here is, uh, defensively, you have a little bit of an issue now, right? So I think he's he's stretched at third base. He's got a plus arm. He doesn't necessarily have the twitchiness and agility to get to average defense at third base, right? And then to go along with that, they tried him at left field, doesn't necessarily have the foot speed to be effective in left field. So he's listed as a third baseman. I see him as more of a first baseman than DH. They did get him a lot of first base and DH reps this year in the minors. Uh, it was something where he played 59 games in Syracuse at third base, but he played 27 at first and he DH'd in 15 of them. And then his one appearance at the big league level was a DH spot as well. Uh, and part of that is Brett Beatty is a third baseman in the, in the system as well. High-level prospect. They called him up first. He got hurt. Uh, so Vientos was the next guy. And I think as you go forward, you may do something where, where Beatty is your third baseman, Vientos, Alonzo, and someone else, I don't, I don't remember on Vogelback's status, may be at first base and DH together uh, kind of going forward. But uh, a guy that absolutely needs to have an impact for this team so that the Mets can hold on to their division lead over the Braves and not be forced into that opening round where you have to use your top three pitchers to get out of the first round. The other debut, and one that we thought we'd see a lot earlier if not for injury, Josh Young, third baseman for the Rangers. So, uh, he thought he was going to open the year. He was injured. And that's a thing... Not all his fault, but Josh Young has only played 153 games in four professional years. 2020 was canceled. It's not his fault. He didn't. Josh Young didn't cause the pandemic. But he had he had a knee injury. Uh, he had a torn labrum this year, and so he's non-throwing shoulder. But he's missed time. Uh, but while he's been on the field, we felt good enough about him to still have him as a top prospect. 2019 first rounder out of Texas Tech. 6-2-2-14, and when he got back from the labrum, uh, he got about 23 games in AAA, batted 273, 321, 525, six home runs, four walks to 30 strikeouts. Uh, let's go, let's talk about the defense first. On defense, he is fine. I mean, his arm is above average. His accuracy is fine. His range is fine. His lateral movement and instincts are fine. Ceiling's kind of low defensively. Um, some of the guys that 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 were rolled out there by the Rangers to play third base, like an Ezekiel Duran, uh, much higher ceiling at third base. All of that being said, my guy is not here to worry about defense. We do not necessarily care what he does defensively, provided he is able to to performed to the level that we expect. So he's played in five games so far. Uh, he is he is five for 20, three runs, two doubles, two home runs, three RBIs, and a stolen base. My guy is here to hit bombs, okay? Very aggressive approach, not here to take walks. Um, like I said, four walks in 23 games this year in AAA. Um, but he's good with spin. So he can handle, you know, some, you know, he can handle breaking balls pretty well. He's really good with off-speed stuff. And he's got very good power. 
Um, the issues you're going to have here, watch the performance against fastballs. Going back and looking at some of his AAA minor league starts, four-seam fastballs, he swung and missed about 20% of the time. And we see a lot of hitters are much better against fastballs. A lot of young hitters are much better against fastballs than they are against breaking stuff uh, and off-speed stuff. He's the, uh, he's the inverse. So part of me... The swing is fine. The timing is fine. Part of me just wonders... Oh, sorry, not timing. The swing is fine. The the mechanics are fine. Part of me wonders if it's a timing thing from not spending enough time um, playing, obviously, like in recent (laughs) recent history because of all the different stuff, the knee, the labrum, and everything. And so I think that's something that will fix itself. But for right now, that's the hole when you face Josh Young uh, as a pitcher is... Forcing fastballs, specifically like we talked about, the high fastball was a weapon this year. Um, he is 6'2", so it's got to be legitimately a high fastball. But um, forcing fastball seems to be his bugaboo right now. I think it's fixable. So uh, watch him to play third base the rest of the year. And then I would love him to spend some time in some sort of fall ball setting to work on that timing, work on the fastballs, work on um, on getting that up to speed so he can come out and this team can hopefully compete next year with a healthy Josh Young at third base. In just a minute, the Dodgers have a lot of prospects that are uh, ready to debut and coincidentally have a lot of roster decisions about free agents and arbitration guys on the roster. We're going to go over that right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Okay, we're back. So, Dodgers prospects are knocking on the door. The Dodgers have a lot of guys that might be free agents. So, including in the list, and I'm not even talking about pitchers. They got a ton of pitching prospects. Let's just let's come back to the pitchers a different day. Position players. Trey Turner's a free agent. Justin Turner, third baseman's a free agent. Joey Gallo in the outfield's a free agent. Uh, Max Muncie would have been a free agent. They signed him to a one-year extension. Uh, Cody Bellinger, not a free agent, but... He's in his ARB four year. He was a Super 2. So he's in his fourth year of arbitration. And I think he might be a candidate to get DFA'd. His performance has just kind of never come back to that MVP level. And it's not only has it not done that, it's not been anywhere close. Uh, I want to say, what is it? This year he's batting 203, 263, 383 in 124 games. It's It's, the defense is good, but offensively, he's nowhere near where he was. He's making $17 million this year. Uh, so you have to assume next year it's going to be somewhat similar to that. So I think he's a DFA candidate. Don't know if he'll do it or not, but it's a DFA candidate. Uh, the, the Dodgers only have $160 million committed next year. Now I say that, they've got quite a few guys that are going to be arbitration eligible um, from, you know, Bruce Dargratterall. Uh, I mean, like a lot of these pitchers, obviously you're going to have, um, I think Walker Bueller's arbitration eligible as well. Um, Clayton Kershaw is a free agent. You got to figure that out. But anyway, so a lot of different guys that could be called up uh, to fill in some of these roles. And there's a couple that I specifically want to mention kind of quickly here. Center fielder James Outman might be your Cody Bellinger replacement. So 2018 seventh rounder out of Sacramento State. 6'3", 215, got a four-game cameo at the end of July. Uh, I think it was against Colorado. And looked pretty well. Played three games in left field, one game in right field. 
Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about him is a couple reasons. One, he hit for the cycle twice in a week in the minor leagues. He did it in uh, on August 26th and then did it again on August 30th. Uh, the AAA affiliate hadn't seen, you know, Oklahoma said he hadn't seen a cycle in something like either 9 or 19 years. I can't remember exactly what it was. And he hit two in a week. But this year, 294, 393, 579, 26 home runs, and 12 of 15 on stolen bases. So in the top prospect rankings, he's like 14th. You know, it's something where he was a, he was a two-way player. There's, a, there's conversation about does he need to move to the corner. I think he's fine in center. He's got, he's got like double plus speed. Fantastic athlete. Uh, he's got plus defense. He played um, he played left and right when he came up, and I think that's because, obviously, Cody Bellinger was there. I think he might be the Cody Bellinger replacement. 43 games in Oklahoma City, uh, struck out 47 times to 23 walks. So just over one a game. Also had a slugging of 624 in AAA. So he picked his performance up from AA to AAA. I think he's going to be a good favorite. If you DFA Bellinger, he's your starting center fielder, or at least working on the job. Obviously, Gallo is a free agent. Uh, Chris Turner can go into left field. Uh, you've got Mookie in right. And then with Ju- Justin Turner being a free agent, I think Miguel Vargas is ready to come up and take that job. 2017 IFA, 6'3", 205. Obviously, he's been up a little bit as well. Uh, but... Fringy defense at third base, not great defense, but that's fine. He's a plus hitter. He's got plus power. He spent the entire year at AAA, 304, 404, 511. 17 home runs, 16 to 21 on stolen bases in 113 games. Situation where I feel like as long as you have a veteran option who can challenge him and push him, I think that he might be your guy at third base to open the season. Uh, you also have the option, shortstop Jacob Amaya is at AAA. I really have kind of seen him as more of a utility guy. His bat's behind his defense. Defense is very good at short. Bat's been behind his defense, but I can see a scenario where if Trey Turner walks and you don't spend the money on a free agent shortstop, you can move Lux to shortstop. You can put Vargas at third. And then if Vargas's defense or his bat aren't quite ready, you can put Jacob Amaya at short and you can move Lux to third for a little while. Um, instead of Lux, you know, plus obviously you have Muncie floating around who can play first, second, third. Uh, I think second base, a good option here is second baseman Michael Bush. So converted first baseman, he's playable at second. A um, little bit of a knockdown on, on your defense. So the question is, obviously you got to have a really strong shortstop if you're going to take a hit on defense at third and one at second. But uh, power is absolutely real with him. Contact's pretty solid. Six foot 207, 2019 first rounder out of UNC. 276, 366, 510 this year, split between double A AA and triple A. Uh, 28 home runs and four for six on stolen bases. So speed's not fantastic. Defense, like I said, good enough at second, can make the routine plays. Uh, Shift restrictions are going to hurt him a little bit, but not a ton because, I mean, obviously you can still put somebody right behind second base and just over a little bit, you know, to the left-hand side of the bag, a skosh, and then as soon as the ball's hit, let that guy run over if you need to help out a little bit defensively on a, um, 
on a shift. And then in the system, obviously not ready, but in the system, Diego Cartaya is at high A, the catcher, uh, number one prospect in, or top prospect in the system. He's somebody, he'll be ready to debut right about the time Will Smith is getting towards the end of his arbitration. And so you've got flexibility there as far as if you want to sign Smith long-term or turn it over to somebody else. Outfielder Andy Pages is in double A. He's a guy that I've, I've likened a lot. Again, we don't do a ton of comps on this show, but he just reminds me when I watch him, he reminds me a lot of a Yasiel Puig. So an option for an outfield corner going forward or a DH. And so I can see a scenario next year where you've got uh, your outfield is Outman in center, Mookie Betts in right, uh, Chris Taylor in left. Your infield is Freddie Freeman at first, Michael Bush at second, um, Gavin Lux or Jake, you know, Gavin Lutz at shortstop, Miguel Vargas at third, Max Muncie as DH, Jacob Amaya as your utility guy in the infield, since Taylor used to do that, and now Taylor's um, going to be playing full-time in the outfield. And then if something happens, you need more outfield production. Uh, Andy Pages is the guy who come up. Lux has played in the outfield, so you can put Amaya at short. You can put you can put Lux in the outfield if you have to. Muncy's there to cover everybody, and you've reloaded this entire team. Uh, if you've made it this far in the video, do us a favor, like and subscribe on YouTube. Really does help the show a ton. Um, pushing the little button to get the notifications is always great. If you're on audio, do us a favor, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we don't have a ton of those from my tenure as host. It'd be really great to kind of get a couple of those so folks know what to expect. And if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until we talk again, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.